This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Well, I'm so excited uh, for you to join us here at Dominion Church. For those watching us on Facebook, we're so glad that you're here, perhaps on our YouTube channel at Dominion Church SC or on our podcast experience at uh, the Dominion Church Podcast Experience. <laughs> That's a wordy name, but we're glad that you're here. And do me a favor, uh, if this blesses you, like it and share it so that others can be blessed as a result. And then on our podcast, if you could leave a five-star review, that would help us. We greatly appreciate it. It would help us to get, again, in front of more people so they can be blessed as a result. And so we are in the middle of a new series we began just last week called The In-Between Place. And that in-between place is the space between promise and fulfillment, uh, or we might say purpose and fulfillment. Uh, And so every promise has built-in process. Uh, Purpose and process are fraternal twins. I love that thought last week. They're, They're not identical twins. They are certainly different, but they are, at the same token, inseparable. So anytime you receive a promise from the Lord, you receive purpose from the Lord, there is going to be built-in process that's reflective, reflective of the purpose. So here's a good little rule of thumb. Great purpose, great process. Nobody wants to hear that. Great promise, great process. I get it. We live in a day and an age where we don't want that. We live in an age of convenience. We live in an age where 30 seconds in the microwave is still too long. I'm I'm guilty of that. Maybe you're not. Uh, There are times where I'll put it on for 30 seconds and I'm staring at the window wondering, when is this ever going to finish? And it's just 30 seconds. (laughs) We live in a day and an age where you... The unknowable is now more at reach without any sacrifice of time than at any moment in history. If I want to know something and I don't know the answer, I pull up the Oracle, also known as Google. And I say, Google, what's this? Tell me the answer to that. What does this look like? And without pause, I can find the answer. And while that certainly is great, that certainly is a privilege, if we're not careful, it robs us of what process builds in a person. I'm thinking about back when, in in my grade school days, uh, when I used to have to do a book report. And, And I would have to go to the library and or, or go to the encyclopedias and then I would have to start doing searches to gather my information and depending on the report you have to list multiple sources you and and, and there are times you would read page after page just trying to find one nugget to help to support your report now you don't have to do any of that You can find an article, you can do keyword searches, you can copy and paste. And what used to take us days can now take moments 
But what if there was more being built in us in those times just doing the research? If we're not careful, this generation will not value the power of research, the power of time, the power of process. I want to share a personal story with you again before we jump full steam into this session. Uh, so this past week, uh, Megan and I at our home, we, we were so thankful we had our flooring replaced. And uh, it's just been a while coming. It's been a process. Uh, everything from, I remember when we were first going, checking out color schemes, checking out what type, we actually got carpet replaced, what, 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 what kind of weight, what kind of weight do we want, what kind of uh, tie do we want in the knotting, uh, what kind of uh, padding did we want, you know. Um, I got an education on carpeting. That, that's not a world that I've been too familiar with. And so we made all these decisions, and then the, the time of the purchase until we could get it all, you know, the, the scheduling to have it all installed. And so all this process, and then you think, okay, Monday is install day, and, and we're about to come to the fulfillment of all of our plans. And then the guys, they're, they're tearing up the carpet, and there's kind of the exhilaration, the excitement. You're seeing something new. You're seeing the exposed wooden floors. And then at the very end, as they're tearing it up, you see something you didn't intend to see. You see a spot in the floor where the wood has been rotting because a large potted plant had been sitting there leaking, and we didn't know it. <laughs> so... The man pulling up the carpet said, oh, you, you're going to have to repair that. <laughs> I, I mean, you could lay this carpet down if you want to, but you're going to have to come back, tear it back up to take care of that. Well, what's the risk? Well, the risk is someone could fall through this floor. That's a risk we weren't willing to take. And so a day of fulfillment became a day where we had to change our course, alter our plans, and what we thought would be 24 hours ended up being two extra days on top of it because we had to have a plan together. There was something happening in the middle of our process we didn't plan for. Does that sound like anybody else in here? While certainly I'm talking about flooring quite literally, also metaphorically, that seems to be a place I've been many times before. Okay, God, that's where I want to go. That's where I'm headed. He said, okay, son, green light. And then while you're in the way, you meet things you did not intend on meeting along the way. Things that take time, things that take pause, things that take care. And you cannot ignore them. It's interesting. There are times where the process is just as much about revealing something along the way as it is about taking us to a destination. Do not ignore the process. Make sure you get out of the in-between place what you're supposed to get out of it. And part of what we're going to touch on tonight and perhaps in our next session, we have to make sure we ask ourselves, what am I learning in the process? I love this quote by Eugene Peterson. Hurry is a form of violence practiced on time. But time is sacred. Let me say that again. Hurry is a form of violence practiced on time. Time is just doing its thing. Have you ever noticed it doesn't matter how hard you try, time is exactly the same. 
Now, we use phrases like, I can't believe how fast time has gone by. I can't believe how quickly the years have gone by. I can't believe how fast my children have grown up. But the truth is, not one second of that time went by any faster or slower than any other second of time. What changed was what you were focusing on during that time. Now, when we look at deadlines, we look at projects where we have to cross the finish line. If we don't steward time properly, we have to get to a place of a hurry. I've got to reach the, the deadline. Don't raise your hand, but a lot of us, it seems, are gift, we're, we're blessed with the gift of, of procrastination. I say that very much tongue-in-cheek, more like the curse. <laughs> we don't need to be doing that. Why? Because hurry is violence against time. Trying to make time do something it's not designed to do. And if you're not careful, you rob yourself of what the pressure of time produces for any moment, for any situation. James 1, verse 2. James 1, verse 2, I think it's verse 3 and 4 as well. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Wait one second. Stop. I'm not making this up. Go open your Bible to James 1, and you're, you'll see exactly what I'm saying. Now, this is from the message. Consider it sheer, a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Okay, who is this person? They obviously do not understand what a gift looks like. That, is not, that does not sound like a gift to me at all. The test and challenges come at all sides. Then look at this. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. <laughs> so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Did you hear that? Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Wow. <laughs> so you mean to tell me this in-between place that I'm in, pressure, stress, at times I'm like, God, what is the purpose of all this? You go back to James 1, and it said your posture should be this. Consider it a sheer gift. Because this process, even if you don't know it, is producing something in you of value. Even if what it's producing is an uncovering of what your faith life looks like. And if you find out there's something in your faith life that needs to be adjusted, the process has a way of making it clear to you. For some of us, the process makes it clear that I trust more Matthew's own ability than I trust his. Are you all okay? Let me just make some confession here. Confession's good for the soul. There are times when I'm hit with something financially, and immediately my default is, well, I know how to fix this. And I start calculating how to do this, what to do here. Even if i got to sell something, I'll sell it just so I can. What if the Lord is like, I have a solution that goes beyond you having to get rid of your stuff. I feel like I, I hear Miles Monroe in, in the background of my spirit here saying, kings don't sell their possessions to meet goals. 
Kings don't sell their possessions to, to settle a bill. You guys are okay. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a yard sale. Don't put words in my mouth. What I'm saying is maybe this, this process is trying to uncover something in you that you're not expecting. If you're the end-all, be-all for yourself and your family, maybe it's time for God to take that place. That he is the end-all, be-all. He is the source. What is the process uncovering in your faith life? What is the process maturing in you? What is it developing in you? What deficiency is it revealing so that you can learn from that and not do that again? So I, I want to mention Joseph, and again, I cannot do a deep dive, but, but I believe he's well enough known for us to be able to track on this. So let's talk about Joseph for a moment. Joseph is delivered a, a fantastic, amazing promise. This promise took the form of a dream. And in his excitement, he shares his dream, his promise with his family. People he should have been able to trust. No amens on that. See, some of us, we think our families are for us until you share a dream they don't want to hear. And then if you're not careful, the people you should be able to trust the most, they'll turn on you the quickest. So they turned on him. He shares his dream at the age of 17. And then at the age of 17, his dream, his promise launched him into a 13-year intense process. Should have been celebration. Should have been a feast. Come on, our son, my son has had an amazing dream. He's going to rule in the land and we're going to bow down to him. I think that's the part they had a problem with. Because if you go back and look at the response of his father, his father basically responded, wait, am, am I supposed to bow to you and your brother to bow to you? And, and the brothers weren't having it. So let's, let's just cliff notes versions of this intense process. Stripped of his coat. That, that multicolored coat, there was something that provoked jealousy about that. When, when, when his father gave that to him, all the brothers had issues already. We, we don't like that he has such an extravagant coat. And so, stripped of his coat, his brothers conspire to murder him. They threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. He's falsely accused of raping the wife of Potiphar, who was his employer, thrown into prison, and if that's not bad enough, forgotten there. What I mean by forgotten? Forgotten by the very ones that he ministered to, interpreting their dreams. Until what? Well, until finally he sits on the throne of Egypt. I love how David talks about this in Psalm 105, verses 17 through 19. Joseph, who was sold as a slave, his feet were hurt with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron until what he had said came to pass. The word, the dream of the Lord tested him. I love that. <laughs> the Lord didn't test him. The dream did. The promise did. The word did. So, Joseph, he has a promise delivered to him. What comes along with that promise? There's built-in process. The greatness of the process reflects the greatness of the promise. In his dream, 
he was told he would be ruler of all. That was what he knew when he had this dream. That's what his family knew when he had this dream. So what was not communicated in that promise was this. If you're going to get to the place where you basically become the ruler of Egypt, what kind of process does someone have to go to to get there? I know. We don't want, nobody wants to talk about this, but we're going to talk about it anyway because we have to. The day of not talking about this stuff is over. We all want to rule in Egypt, right? We, okay, let's stop saying Egypt. We all want to rule in America, whatever your definition of rulership looks like. For some of us, it's as simple as earning the right amount of money, and you consider yourself a ruler. For others of us, it's literally occupying positions of authority and power. So maybe you want to be a, a, a senator. Maybe you want to be a governor. Maybe you want to go to the very top. You want to occupy the White House. I have a question for you. What process do you think is required to get you from where you are at this moment to that place? Instead of asking what will it feel like to be there, you should ask what will it take to get there? And if you're not willing to put in what it takes to get there, maybe you should ask about a different dream or a different promise or a different plan. Let's pull back a little bit to where we can maybe chew on it a little bit in our own world. A lot of people, they want to be in pulpit ministry. A lot of people want to be the top dog in their own local work. Listen, if you knew, because I didn't know what it took, I still am walking through that process. But I promise you, I believe listen, there's some great admonition in Scripture, and it says, if you want to aspire to be something, aspire this. Live a simple life. Just take care of your family. <laughs> Live a simple life that, that is, is pleasing to the Lord. To me, that is what we all need to be shooting for. Because beyond that, there is process, many of us, if we had the veil pulled back to see what was required, most of us would say, I don't think so. Not going to happen. But have you noticed that's just not how God works? <laughs> because when he hangs a promise in front of us, it's tantalizing. That looks so good. Oh God, so be it unto me. And, and they were launched out into the deep. Now, now again, God is gracious. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's there for us along every step of the journey. But God in his infinite wisdom understands, if I showed them all this process, there's no one that would sign up for it. We sign up for promises. We sign up for finish lines. Rarely does anyone sign up for the journey. Why? Because, again, just like Joseph, because somewhere in your journey, you might be sold as a slave. Somewhere in your journey, your feet are going to hurt with fetters. Your neck might be put in a collar of iron. Hopefully, metaphorically, perhaps not. But all that for what? Because you're on your way to become a savior and a deliverer. But before you can deliver those in bondage, part of your process is, you're going to have to figure out what it feels like to be in bondage. Before you can actually have a heart to liberate those who are slaves, maybe you're going to have to become one for a while. Wow. Let's talk about Jesus. You know, Jesus was not spared process. It's humorous that we feel like we might get away with it. But Jesus himself was not spared process. Here we are. Jesus 
God in the flesh, the source of all truth, the creator of all things, went through process. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. That boggles the mind. Luke 2.52, this is right after uh, his parents found him in the temple at the age of 12. It says just a couple verses after that, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Those two verses are completely indicative of process. I I love the way that, that Randall Worley words it. He says, the Son of God voluntarily put himself in the position of needing to assimilate knowledge as a man. As incredulous as it may sound, the source of all truth learned truth. The creator of everything became a learner. They're part of what we're touching on. What are you going to learn from this process? Well, before you can learn, you have to posture yourself as a learner. Can I help us with that for a moment? I can't tell you how many times that I've encountered people, and I'll, I'll, I'll say myself as well sheepishly, where the process turned me into a complainer instead of a learner. Where I couldn't figure out, why do I have to go through this, God? And all of a sudden, we make our suffering somehow special and different than everyone else's. And we complain. And before that sounds like that's something new on the block, complaining, we see that modeled in a grand, in grand fashion with an entire nation of people. And you guys, have you ever stopped to think, what did complaining produce in the nation of Israel? The only, thing it compli- the only thing it completed was a longer process. That's all it did. Every time they complained, it initiated a longer process. So maybe if we would humble ourselves and position ourselves as learners in the process, it would not only shorten the process, but it would enrich the process. Because those that didn't learn in their place of complaining, they had to pass away to the side so those who were learning could emerge Uh, you know I believe that that's that's part of I I mentioned this several weeks ago you know when we're told to come to the Lord as a child or with childlike faith that phrase childlike faith also there's one translation that says come to the Lord with with a first mind or or with a new mind or a blank slate essentially come ready to learn that, that, is, that is how you approach the Lord as a child. It's not coming, sucking your thumb and saying, where's my bottle? No, it's I am coming and I consider that I don't know anything. I want to learn whatever I must learn. I'm a student in the school of process. Show me what I must learn. So there's a, f- a couple reasons built into that. The first one is so I don't have to do it again. I mean, that should make us all like, okay, sign me up. Because if I'm going to have to go through it anyway, I just want to make sure I don't have to do it again. And then, of course, the other reason is because I want to get the richness of the process. 
the rich, it's going to develop something in me. Again, going back to James 1, 2, I want it to reveal my faith life. I want it to reveal the places I need to mature, the places I need to develop, the places that I need to have my deficiencies addressed. Because when I come out on the other side of this process, I'm ready for something new, right? And, and, and the world is ready for someone new to emerge on the other side. So again, talking about process, uh, this, this is what dropped in my spirit. So much of the language of God is the language of seed. And I was pondering that. And I was like, Seed is process. Just like a seed, God will never allow us to simply go through a season. He wants us to grow through a season. Okay? Don't just go through it. Grow through it. Seed is the creative language of God. Is there a more basic and pure example of process than the process and potential of seed? You know, think about this. If you really want to just break it down, God has not created anything new in thousands upon thousands of years. He hasn't had to. Because everything he creates has the potential to reproduce after its own kind. So God does not have to speak the trillionth tree into existence. He only had to speak one tree into existence. And the tree carries within itself the ability to produce. We call that potential is what it is. If you really want to go on a deep dive and a rabbit trail of all this, an acorn is potential. It's not the potential to only produce one tree. It has the potential long term to produce an entire forest. Everything God creates has the ability to produce after itself. But where does it start? Starts with the seed. Seed is process. Even down to humanity. And that's something the way God designed humanity. It's beautiful. It's, it's ridiculously creative. That, that the females carry... All these eggs, and we're told, uh, someone, some ladies correct me on this, but biologically we've discovered the eggs are present from day one. That, that the, the eggs are present as, from the infancy of, of, of the female. They're there. They carry them for years and years and years. So even there in those moments, even in the place where they can't reproduce yet, they still have the potential to reproduce at an appointed time. And that's something. And so, all God has to do is create male and female. And then, the seed takes over. The process takes over. You know, there, there's been lots of time, maybe you've been asked some of these deep theological questions. Well, why doesn't God just snap his finger and just make everything right again? Because that's not how God works. God works with seed. He works with process. And so just it was a process where humanity had to taste the fruit of, 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 of life and death. 
right, of, of good and evil. Good and evil, uh, I, man, I love this. Uh, Jason Clark was, was sharing with me a couple days ago. We were doing some filming for Present Truth Academy, and he said one thing we miss a lot of times is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It doesn't say that the tree has two different fruits. No, the singular fruit is called good and evil. And then there's another tree. The singular fruit is called life. So mankind eats of good and evil, and we begin to process what that looks like. And then how does God come into the process? He, he does it the same way. He plants a seed, a seed of resistance. And the seed had a name, and his name is Jesus. And he plants seed into humanity. And the seed is not like the trespass. You guys know this. I'm preaching verses you've heard a hundred times before. Come on, sin came into the world through one man. You could say it this way, the seed of sin came through one man and it began to work its way through a process into all humanity. But then another seed came, but the seed was not like the trespass, greater than the trespass because it came to every place where sin had found a hold and it brought it back to the source. If God plays games, this is the game that he plays, seed time. And harvest. I can't remember who it was right now. Perhaps one of you guys will remember a famous evangelist. I want to say it was John Wesley. They asked, if you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what would you do? And his response was, I would plant a tree. Meaning what? As far as I can tell, God's plan and purpose continues. Why would Jesus' return somehow change the plan? Plant a tree because we're going to be here a while. <laughs> you want to watch it grow. And then if you don't get to live to see it grow to its fruition, someone else will get to enjoy the fruit of your labor. The language of God is seed. Seed communicates process. What are you learning in the process? So as I said earlier, for, for there are times where we go through a process and complaining seems like the order of the day. Guess what that re guess what guess what you're you're sowing complaining. Guess what you reap? The same thing. But if we can learn how to sow contentment, posture ourselves as learners, you begin to sow seeds that you don't even understand the full impact. Until you're, you're well on the other side of a, a temporary process. That's, that's, that's where we're going to have to land it for this session today. Process is temporary. Now, it doesn't always mean it's short. But it does mean that it has an end date. It has an expiration date. So no matter how intense things are at this moment, I, I want you to hear this, and I just hear this in my spirit. Every storm... No matter how great, no matter how big, no matter how dark the clouds and how heavy the rain, every storm runs out of rain. Every process comes to an end. Every struggle has an expiration date. So I want to make sure as I'm learning, and I want to make sure that as I approach the Father in childlike faith, that something that, ex listen, it is destined to expire. And if we're not careful, we'll let something that certainly has an end try to end us. You know what I'm talking about? 
will allow the stress of a moment to try to take us out when the manifest destiny of process is to come to an end. I want to see what's on the other side. All this labor, all this work, all this process, is anyone, is anyone as curious as I am what all of it's for? It can't just be for nothing. And if the process is great, it's reflective of the purpose. Anybody ever felt like you've been in great process? Aren't you curious to see what it's all for? Can't be for nothing. <laughs> God wants us to learn from it. My Lord, how do I land this thing? So we're going to continue in this. I, I do want to say that I feel like um, this is probably going to continue. We're going to connect it into Easter and even go beyond that. Because there's just not enough time to say what needs to be said and communicate what needs to be communicated. But what I sense in my spirit, um, you know, in, in this first session, there were moments where it didn't quite seem as encouraging as I wanted it to. I went back and listened to it. And so I want this session to be encouraging because, first of all, we understand we're not spared process. Okay, well, then for what purpose? And then we find out that the purpose in it is to reveal things in us. Again, for what purpose? Not to shame us, not to make us feel like we're less than. No, they are meant to serve as indicators for where we shore things up. And in doing so, we're, we're, we're elevated, we're catapulted into a different level. A different level of experience, a different place. And a lot of times, and, and I don't want to get into this right now, but a lot of times, the end of one process signals another one But what happens is when we learn confidently in the process we've been through, we feel better equipped for what's coming next. At some point, you know, I, I'm thinking about with our kids, and, and they all had, you know, similar journeys in their process of mobility. But watching each one. So I, I'll just I'll think about Judah here since he's over here helping with our sound and stuff. I appreciate it, buddy. But I remember, you know, first, his, his idea of mobility was squirming back and forth and getting frustrated because that's all he could do. And then in that process, though, he learned how to start flipping over. And then we had to keep an eye on him. We don't want him to be face down for too long. But then Judah was very interesting. He was very aggressive in his mobility. He crawled very little. He wasn't interested. He wanted to walk. And so he'd pull himself up, and we'd watch 10 times, 20 times, 40 times, fall, 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 but right back up. It did not deter him. And so it's interesting, as one process comes to an end, process one was just learning how to move, process two, flipping over, process three, pulling myself up, process four, I'm getting, I'm moving. So it's interesting, even though the processes get more difficult, the preparation of the processes that came before make them easier. So that's why we do not spare the journey. Because what's coming next, and we all want what's next, but where you're at right now is preparing you for where you want to go. The seed of this moment is the harvest of what's next. Don't despise this moment. Don't despise the in-between place. Or as I said at the beginning, don't be in a hurry. Oh, it's so painful to say. 
don't be in a hurry. Why? Because I don't want to be violent against the time. I want to allow the time to do what it's purpose to do. I want the Father to do what he's purposed to do. There's seeds that he's put inside of each one of us, and he wants to see a return on those investments. He does. I just want to pray. I want to bless you. I, I feel like there's more I should say, but I don't want to start bleeding over into the next session because if I do, I'm going to continue, and I'm going to continue because there's so much to unpack. But we've got time to do that. We don't have to be in a hurry. I believe for some of us, for, I'll, let me say for myself, for me, just devoting time to this over the course of, I guess at this point it's been six weeks now that I've been really focusing on this, it has caused me to start looking at so many things differently. Now, one thing it's caused me to do, and Megan can attest to this, there are times where it's just like I'm waiting a lot of times till the last minute, and part of it is because I'm trying to recognize the purpose of time in a new way. And so... I'm trying to make decisions based on the value of time. And, and just like anything, you've you got one swing of the pendulum and it tries to swing the opposite direction. And then you have weeks like the week we just came through where there are things that demand your time that you weren't planning for. And if you're not careful, it's last minute everything. So even that, when I'm saying that, that's ministering to me. Stop being in a hurry. But that being said, you have to learn how to be at the right pace, steward time properly, and not procrastinate in the middle of it. That's a tall order sometimes. Can I get an amen? I know this is realville right now. This isn't hallelujah, shout me down. So God, again, in that process, God gives us wisdom on how to take the steps, how to learn what we must learn, how to steward wisely, and not be in a hurry even though we desire to get through it quickly. All this divine tension in the moment. But said and done, my final reminder, then we're going to pray. Said and done, why do I want to take a step back? And why do I want to get out of it all that I can? Again, back to James 1-2 where we started. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open. And shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature and well-developed. Not deficient in any way. Lord, I just thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's hearing this, watching this. Lord, that we're in this together. That this is probably ministering to all of us at different levels. And it should because we're all in different processes. We're all in different in-between places. But that being said, these truths remain the same. Applied, they remain the same. And so, Lord, even as we look at someone like Joseph, who we admire so greatly, and then watching, we, we get to be witnesses to the pain of his process. But then we also get to be there to celebrate the glory of fulfillment. Or just like Jesus, we didn't get too much into that story in this session, but we see these, these, all these amazing promises. He, again, the creator of the universe, the source of all truth, the, the God in the flesh, yet he submits himself to the position to learn. It's amazing. And we know that his process eventually takes him all the way to the cross where his life is forfeit. 
that's not the end of the story. And then in a very unique way, because the language of God is seed language, that we're invited to that same life, that same death, that same burial, that same resurrection. Do you see the picture? Jesus, the seed, planted into the womb of the earth, but the earth could not hold him because you cannot kill the seed. And then as the seed sprang forth again on the third day, so we also spring forth in life according to the same pattern. But for us to live according to the pattern, we also have to process according to the pattern. Let us not despise the process. Let us come unto the Lord as little children. Let us come to him with the first mind, a blank slate, eager to learn. I just hear that in the Spirit. The Lord's inviting us to become students again. Never get to the place where your assumption is in the kingdom of God. Well, I finally get into a place where I just feel like I got a grasp on this. I feel like I, I feel like I know it all. That's a dangerous place to be. Because one thing, I'll share this personally for myself, one thing that I've discovered is the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And that beautiful humility of that moment, it's, it demands humility, causes us to ever be students of the goodness of God. So I just thank you for all these things. And I bless each person in their journey, in their process, in the place destined, destined, to, to be temporary. Lord, let us not be taken out by the process. Learn what we must learn and we cross the finish line of fulfillment and then be invited for what's next. Lord, I thank you for all these things now. I decree them by faith in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us uh, through Facebook, YouTube, on our podcast experience. Like and share this. Get the word out and help us uh, be a blessing to more people. Right, we love you. We'll see you again next week. God bless you.